Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that not everybody loves to talk about, yet it affects all of us, like literally all of us, and it is shame. And shame is something that we are all feeling on some level. And I heard this last week on a podcast with Ed Milet. And one thing that they said was that anytime you feel awkward, that is a sign of shame. So think of how many times you're feeling awkward at something in your life that is actually representing shame that is showing up in our body. And what that means is that we're afraid to be seen. I think that like, first off, my coaching certification is called outspoken for a very specific reason, because one of the number one things that I hear people who reach out, who connect who say, I want to be able to use my voice, but I'm so afraid of being seen. I'm so afraid of being heard. I'm so afraid of what people are going to say. I'm actually so afraid of being honest about what my thoughts are and what I am believing. And so outspoken was just a perfect fit. Plus it was what I was always called as a kid. So it always just resonates with me. But I heard this episode and then I went down a rabbit hole to do some research because this is the work that I I feel I'm here to do and to guide myself through and lead others through and share, especially since shame has this massive grip on us and we don't even realize it. The other thing with shame is, is that um, we're in this space of feeling like we are bad, like we are bad. We are not good enough. We 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 are embarrassed by something that we are doing. And so what happens is, is that we're conditioned to shut that down, to shut it down, to be quiet about it. Because if we're quiet about it, then others don't know that we have these thoughts. They don't know that we're struggling. They don't know. And they won't know because we believe we're the only people in the world who are struggling with leave it blank, whatever that is. And we're not, we're never the only people who are struggling. The reason that we feel that way is because we don't talk about the difficult things in life. That's it. We don't talk about the difficult things in life. And I've been on a mission for five years to continue to open up these topics so we can keep talking about the difficult things in life. It is incredibly important. Shame, once you give it a voice, it can't survive. Like it literally can't survive. And I found this out I hard easy way, whichever way you want to say it. Years ago, when I first started sharing my story, the first couple of times I shared it, 
even in very small rooms, I would have other people say, oh my God, that's my story. I've never told anybody for decades. And I just sat there and I went, what is wrong? We are like holding on to this shame and it's blocking us from so many incredible things in our life. And we're not the only people who are struggling. We're not. But when we add that voice, what I found was happening is that I was hearing other people saying, that's my story, which actually gave me fuel to keep speaking and using my voice. And it actually helped to heal myself in ways I honestly could have, was never even on the radar. I had no idea that's what was coming. And so I want to talk a little bit about shame today. So shame that we carry for ourselves can only be released by some source of grace, compassion, and using our voice. Sometimes we have shame for things that we don't even know what they are. We don't even understand it. And sometimes it's not even our shame to carry. Like it's not even our shame to carry. Maybe you grew up in a really difficult household. I've heard this story. And you grew up in a very difficult household and you were so afraid that like your friends would find out that your parents did X, Y, Z, or that there was a lot of fighting or that there was a lot of drinking, or you were afraid that other people would, would get to know what life was actually really like. That's shame. And so it's actually not your shame to carry, but you you would have started carrying that as a child. And so you carry it and then it stacks and it piles and it piles and it piles. And all of a sudden it's like, you just assume that like, that's your shame to carry. And we carry this shame stored in our body and in our emotions, and it will continue to show up subconsciously over and over and over and over and over until you learn how to release it. And this is part of what I, the work that I want to talk about. So shame, when you feel awkward, like when you feel like, ooh, I, I don't know if I can actually say what I want to. I don't know if like, if they see that goofy side of me, what are they going to think? If they, if they hear my voice or message, like no one's going to believe in me. So who are they going to think? It activates, it actually physiologically activates something in ourselves. And when we see someone expressing themselves, we might feel awkward and disconnected because that part inside of us wants to be seen, but you don't know how to let it be seen. And the interesting thing is, is that, I mean, I just, as a side note, I want you to know what you see in others, you see it because it's available for you. Like it's available inside of you. That's why you see it. If it wasn't in you, you would never see it. And so that's the mirror work. That's the reflection that's there. So we feel awkward and disconnected because that part of us wants to be seen and we don't want to hold on to it anymore. Shame gives you a signal that it's not safe to be who you are. It's not safe to be who you are. It's not safe to authentically let yourself be seen. So it gives you that signal. How it gives you that signal this is the other rabbit hole I started to go down. And I've referenced the book in the show notes. It is Your Body is Your Brain by Amanda Blake. A little bit of a science-y spin to it. I love it. I'm like learning a lot of things about the body and how our subconscious mind, right? You hear me talk a lot about that in the show. Our brain, our conscious brain is responsible for 5% of our thoughts, our beliefs, and it's our goal setter. It's the one that makes the vision boards. It puts the plans together. It does the things to make it happen. And 
you think that if you make a better to-do list or a better plan, that it's going to happen. And then you apply shame because it's like, I guess I have to start again on Monday because like, how many times am I going to have to do this? It has nothing to do with the vision board or the goals that you've set or even what your to-do steps are. It has to do with your subconscious mind, which is like 95% of your thoughts, beliefs, and decisions. You're holding all of that because that has been created in space over probably up until the age of seven years old. And so we're literally these inner children reliving our lives over and over and over without even understanding it. But the one thing that we've always, I've talked a lot about is like our subconscious mind, its job is to protect you from pain, from, you know, difficulties, from challenges. And it also will bring those challenges, those limiting beliefs to the surface every single, like multiple times a day because it actually wants to clear it. It doesn't want to carry it anymore. So if you see your limiting beliefs coming up to the surface over and over, that's why, like that is why. And so I want to explain that like fascia, fascia is the, like the lining that's underneath your skin over top of your muscles, like your whole body is like encased in fascia. And how this was explained, um, Dr. Gonzalez, and he was on Ed Milet's podcast, and as well as this book by Amanda Blake. How it was explained is that your fascia, which is literally like your subconscious mind, it will respond when there is a trigger that something is not safe, when something is um, a memory from a childhood. It doesn't care about timelines. So subconscious mind fascia does not care about past, present, or future. It doesn't understand time. And so if you're in an environment where all of a sudden you feel threatened or it feels not safe to be you, immediately your fascia will constrict to keep you safe. And it almost shuts you down because it remembers that feeling of being unsafe from like decades ago. It's it's like it happened like, five seconds ago. That's how, how our subconscious mind, how our fascia works. We store those emotions, those experiences in our body. And so it is connected to our self-protection, right? It's trying to keep you safe. So our subconscious mind is our body. And that's where we store all of these feelings. And your fascia believes that it's the same moment in time, 40 to 50 years ago. So it immediately jumps into self-protection and contraction. So let me give you an example. And this one hit home for me. When someone, you're in an environment where somebody raises their voice, like really raises their voice. And if you grew up in a home where there was a lot of arguing or fighting, or it didn't feel like it was safe. And I want you to understand, like, this is all perception. You you have your own reasons for why you think this. It's not right or wrong. It's how you internalize life when you were a child. And we're not blaming everything on childhood just so everybody can can relax, but we are recognizing that's where these foundations were set. And so if somebody raises their voice and almost becomes, you know, um, it becomes uh, an uncomfortable situation, then your fascia, your subconscious mind has these memories. It's ultra, ultra sensitive and it remembers it like it was yesterday. And so it might say like, oh my God, that, that loudness, that's unsafe. Like, and it triggers you internally. 
And so all of a sudden you feel yourself like in this like constriction, like, oh my God, what is that? That's, that just doesn't feel good. And for some people who grew, grew up in that environment, that's what might happen. For some of us who grew up in the environment where I, I feel when that happens, the fighter in me comes out and she does. I've actually been many times in this situation and I'm like, wow, why do I react like that? That's that inner fighter that is like, wait, someone's being bullied. What the hell? Not a chance. And I immediately go into it. There's not, it's not a bad trait, but I don't, I have had to learn that you don't have to fight every single battle that is happening all around you. So back to this example, you've got this noise, you have this loudness, you constrict, you consciously will say, all right, well, obviously like I'm an adult and I'm safe. It's not a problem. And you shut it down. You think you have fixed the problem. But your body is still operating on this, oh my God, not safe, not safe, not safe. So you're separating, almost disconnecting from yourself. And the only way to change this is to start asking questions consciously. Catch yourself, consciously interrupting the pattern, becoming consciously aware of what is happening without judgment and without applying more shame. Shame is everything. It's like this like massive piece of armor that we're wearing and carrying around with us. It weighs us down, holds us back from authentically allowing ourselves to be seen and heard. And which then is going to block us from the relationships and connections that we're meant to make in this, in this lifetime, which will then block us from opportunities that are available for us. And because we're not allowing ourselves to actually show up and be seen. And so how do we do this? Like, what do we do to shift this? We have to go into a space of like, there's a number of different ways and tools that you can do this, but you want to be in a space of understanding that like, I am safe. Sometimes literally putting your hand on your heart and taking some deep, slow breaths, I am safe. Taking a breath in, you know, four seconds, six seconds, holding it, and then exhaling for longer than what you inhaled will drop you and calm your system down. It will slow you right down. And so we want to, that is one way, only one way that you can do this. But when you can do this, you're now shifting your nervous system, which then allows you to handle challenges so much easier and effortlessly than you would have without doing this. That is one tool. Others are Um, there's hypnosis, there's subliminals, there's EFT tapping, there's doing timeline therapy in order to be able to pull from the root of these emotions so that you can change it. But when you can consciously see it and interrupt that pattern, you will start to physiologically feel different. You cannot consciously talk yourself out of that's ridiculous. I shouldn't feel this. Why do I feel shame for this? I'm a grown adult. It makes no sense. You are literally keeping it alive for longer. You are keeping it alive for longer. Finding a way to put a voice to your story, your message, you will decrease shame because you will also find people who are going to go, oh my God, that's my story too. Oh my God, I get that. That's You're not alone. That's me too. And you might think, okay, but where am I going to find these people? You will find them or they will find you because you are now allowing yourself to be seen and heard. That is something I can 100% guarantee you when I look at my inner circle, the people who I spend my time and energy with people who I give access to, they are people for the majority that I didn't know this closely five years ago. And 
the connections, the closeness that we have is because they have seen me. I've allowed myself to be seen in really vulnerable moments. That's the piece, allowing yourself to be seen, feeling safe enough to be seen. But in those vulnerable moments, that's how you make those connections. The other thing that I found really fascinating that I'm just starting to dive into is, is that if you really want to be in a space of like releasing the gripping hold of shame, it comes from understanding how your heart works. And so safety, feelings of safety will come from your heart more than any other organ that you have. And when the heart feels safe, actually, the if you go back to human design, the number one thing I think in human design, like your heart is like where you fight for feelings of worthiness and understanding how that works for you or against you and how you can get it to work for you. But your heart is one of the most essential organs that is distributes to your brain. So for this is, was so fascinating for every neural message sent from the heart to the rest of the body. Okay. The, the whole rest of the body, the heart sends nine messages to the brain neurologically. So the brain, the brain is gaining information from your heart on a consistent basis. These messages travel by the way of your vagus nerve. So the heart is constantly talking to the brain nonstop. It's like the rhythmic leader of the entire body, which totally makes sense. But your breathing, your brain waves, and even blink rates are affected by the pace that your heart sets. Your heart opens in joy and constricts in fear. So when we're in a state of perpetual fear for the future, for what's going to happen, for what are they going to say, for, oh my God, can I do this? Look at all the things that are going wrong. That's like constant perpetual fear. You are sitting in a state of contraction. And when you're in a state of contraction, you're not in a state of joy. Like that's, let's be real. And, and I get that. I've spent a lot of time there, but when you're in this state of contraction, what happens is also you cannot be in a state of openness and receiving. And so if you're always fighting and hustling for your worthiness and you're like trying to prove, or you're not even allowing others to see you, you might not see the people, the opportunities that are available for you. And even if you do, you probably won't allow yourself to receive any of that because you're in a state of fear and constriction. And so imagine how powerful this is when you start to recognize that, how can I open up my heart more? How can I allow myself to practice feeling safe? How can I get more in touch with my feelings that I'm having here? Because your feelings aren't wrong. Your feelings actually aren't wrong at all. If you've been feeling that way, I'm here to tell you that they're not wrong. Your feelings, your emotions are guideposts. They are telling you what you need more of, what you desire more of in your life and the ways to find it. So what could change if you stop believing and constricting in this state of constant fear and shame? What could open up in your life? What kind of freedom could you create? What kind of possibilities could you create? What kind of joy could you create? Because you are now allowing yourself to be seen and heard. And when you start to do that, you'll then start to use your voice. You're going to gain feedback that it is like, I can use my voice. Actually, it's it's totally safe. I can do this. And all of a sudden, that gripping hold that shame has had on you in your entire life 
starts to release. I want you to understand the power that you have inside of you already, because that gripping hold, you're doing that. Your body is doing that. Your physiological body is doing that, which means the beautiful thing is, is that you're the one that can change it. You are absolutely the one that can change it. You're in the driver's seat. You have way more power than you think you do. And I totally believe in you. And so I want you to know if you are somebody who is like, I have fought this for so long. This shame is like constantly a spiral that is controlling me. There are ways to release it. I shared a bunch during this episode, but if you are somebody who is like, I am trying to share a vulnerable story. I am trying to figure out how to write my damn book. And I'm trying to put this work out there, releasing the shame, the hold of shame on you is where it's going to start. That is going to allow your truest, most authentic expression to come out. And then you're writing the book that you're meant to write. You're telling the story that you're meant to write, not the one that you think you're supposed to share, the one that you know you're supposed to share, the one that you are here, that you've walked through like unbelievable stories. You're the expert, those stories. That's what you're meant to share. And I'm here cheering you on all the way, like all the way. So if you want to write that damn book, you want to learn how this NLP, these neuro-linguistic programming tools work, connect with me below because this is the work that I love to do. Write Your Time Book kicks off this week, pre-sale ends this week, and we are here supporting you to do this work, to let go of shame and honestly own the shit out of you, your story, your strengths, everything that you have. Because someone somewhere is praying for the solutions that you are holding on to. I believe in you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Mm -hmm.